Welcome to Soaring the Sky Glider Pilots Podcast. Hello, my name is Chuck. This is episode 17. And today we welcome Wendy Carson, a school teacher from Morty, New Mexico, who has started her journey in aviation. And not only is she starting her journey, but she's already getting her students involved in aviation. Join us now as we hear her journey. Wendy Carson, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. We spoke a little bit earlier, and you didn't get your, I guess, love for aviation early on like a lot of people have. So can you tell me about that? When did you start wanting to do this whole thing? So about a couple of years ago, my children's grandfather came to visit us here in New Mexico, and he's a glider pilot, and he took us up in a glider And I loved it immediately. I thought it was fun. It was uh, beautiful up there. I wasn't scared, nothing that most people are afraid of flying. And then my daughter, Miranda, who was also um, interested in aviation, she said, Mom, the Soaring Club has a deal going on right now that if you're a student, you can soar for half the cost. Well, I was doing my master's degree at the time. And I said, you know, I'm a little bit older, but why not? Let's try it. So, of course, they let me in, and I'm still a member. And uh, that was two years ago, and I love it. I think about the third time I flew, I threw up in my ball cap. (laughs) But it was that moment where I threw up (laughs) my hat that I knew that I wanted to be a pilot. I was like, I I have to be a pilot because i got to be honest with you i i feel at home in the sky i feel safer in the sky it's just i get up there and there's a comfort level it's like all of your stress and worry and whatever you got going on is just completely lifted do you know what i mean i definitely agree with you on that it's the same way for me It, it takes a lot of the stress away when i fly like on the weekend and I go to work on a Monday morning. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the week. I'm ready to work. It's just kind of clean slate, and you just feel better. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. You do feel a lot better. So how has your journey been so far? It's been interesting. <laughs> um, uh, I kind of battled with myself because I have not done my solo yet, and that bothers me. A lot of it is weather. You and I have talked about this, but the weather is a big factor. Also, I do fly with a club, so uh, there's not always a tow plane and there's not always an instructor. So you kind of wait around for that. But, yeah, I'm still going strong. I flew about three weeks ago with Sundance Aviation in Moriarty, New Mexico. They're a big outfit out there. And they are actually hosting a 126 contest this week. It's cross-country, so there's a lot of people from all over the country with their gliders out there now. So, yeah, it's been interesting. I love the 126. I've spoke on, of course, previous episodes about that, and that's kind of what I'm flying right now. But, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun glider, and there are a lot of people out there that kind of collect them and fly them and they have yeah they have the races like you're saying and it's it's very cool that they keep those older gliders they keep them going and they still fly them and still enjoy flying them because it is a fun glider you will love it when you when you fly 126 trust me 
Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's actually the next step. So after, <laughs> after I solo in this, in the Swiser 233, um, which I love flying, it's a great trainer for students, then they bump you up to the 126. And our club just purchased a new one. So I'm really excited about that, about flying it. Very cool. Yeah, they're a little lighter. You'll notice, of course, one of the first things you'll notice right away is you kind of jump off the runway. It doesn't take long at all to, to get in the air with that. The, the 233, it's great. But yeah, you'll definitely notice that you just you would just pop right off the runway and be in the air in no time. <laughs> well, it's really cool is that I've flown a Grobe and I've also flown an L23. Um, and I prefer the L23, actually. It's just because it's a lot like the 233, just as far as weight and balance. But it's easy to maneuver. The Grobe I like because it's lighter and it's fun. But there are so many different gliders out there. It's crazy. And it's, it's just like, God, I wonder what it would be like to fly this type of glider. Or, you know, yeah, I daydream about flying all the time. <laughs> so... Right now, I'm actually flying a um, a Piper Cherokee, so I'm getting lessons for my private certi- certification as well. And that's oh, nice! So you're checking out some powered as well. Yeah. Yes, I thought I would try the powered. Well, my my lo- my daydream, my long term goal would be to eventually fly for a living, and um, I think I could do that as a private pilot. I think it would be kind of fun. Maybe I could be like, I don't know, one of those pilots in Alaska that fly tourists around or Moab, Utah. There's also pilots there. Just something small, nothing big like Southwest Airlines or nothing like that. Although, I mean, yeah, that would be fun too. But I like it small time. It'd be kind of cool to to have my own business, you know, tour company of, of some sort. It'd be kind of neat. Yeah, and it's a different type of aviation, you know. I think rather than busing people around in a jet, you're giving tours. So you're closer to the ground. Uh, you're maybe giving flights to people that have never flown before. So it's a definitely a different experience. It seems like it would be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. Plus, it's more intimate. It's not just you and your co-pilot. It's you and like three, four other people. And you're communicating and you're experiencing it together. And I think I think that would be awesome. I love that idea. Yeah, I like that idea, too. That that sounds like it would be a very cool job. And speaking of women in aviation, it is becoming a lot more popular now. There's there's a lot more lady pilots than there were before, which is great. And also because there is a shortage of pilots and, and, you know, it's going to get it's going to progress even more to where they, they definitely need a lot more pilots. But that's great that, you know, the ladies are getting into it a lot more because, you know, we need good pilots. We need good people to fly these planes. And this is definitely the time to jump into it. Absolutely. I think it's awesome that that there are more females interested in aviation. You know, you, you talk about Amelia Earhart, and that's just something that you read about in history books or or you see on film and movies. But now it's an actuality. Women can get out there and be pilots and they're successful at it. I definitely want to continue 
um, as a glider pilot, you know, as soon as I get my certification, there's no way that I'm going to not fly a glider. Just there's something romantic about it. There's something freeing about it. It's lighter. And there's just a huge difference between a glider and a powered plane. The powered plane, it's like, okay, this is easy (laughs) because I've had so much practice in a glider that it's like, you know, my instructor says, no, you know how to fly a glider. So he, he just gives me the reins and he's like, there you go. It, you know, don't crash. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but in a way he's right. It's like, no, I know this. I've got this. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, you know, so it's good. But yeah, to get back to the women in aviation, um, for me personally, it built confidence I feel amazing when I fly. I feel like I can conquer the world. I feel like that I can empower other women to become pilots or even children because I'm a, a teacher by trade. So I, you know, depending on what grade I'm teaching that year, I get my kids involved. Um, last year we did the, I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's a, it's a youth program through the Double Eagle Airport here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But they have a program for kids where they get to, uh, they have kids come out, take a flight lesson. And a lot of them are young girls, which I think is really cool. You know, it's it's just not for men anymore. That is very cool. And cool that, the, you know, they're interested in doing that. Yeah, I think so, too. So now, of course, you have a love for aviation. But when you were younger, it's not really something you thought about, correct? It was just, this is kind of all come about later in life yes well i i'm from a small town in idaho it's called rigby idaho and then they there's an airport out there that my dad and i would always drive past when i was a young girl and he was always interested in aviation and i found out later that my dad actually took some private pilot lessons but never finished it out for one reason or another i think it's because he was a father and he needed to focus on his family but Um, He talked about it all the time, and I was never really interested in it. I thought the wind patterns were cool and the wind sock, how how it blew. And I mean, we talked about that, and I thought that was neat. But no, never a real interest in aviation until about a couple of years ago. And I think it's a lot like mathematics. (laughs) You either like it or you don't. Or some could say that about English literature, but you either like it or you don't. And for me, it was it was instantaneous. I knew, you know, within the first few flights that I was that's what I was meant to be. I'm a pilot, and that's all I think about. And um, you know, I'm always reading books about it and watching movies and learning the history about you know female pilots and male uh, you know even male pilots. They're there's a Lieutenant Dick Cole. I don't know if you've heard of him. He was a military pilot, but he just passed away recently. But I mean, just the whole the whole thing encompasses something really incredible and magical that I'm a part of. And for me, I like sharing that excitement and that history and that joy of aviation with other people. You definitely have the bug. That's for sure. <laughs> I definitely have the bug, yes. <laughs> and I don't think that bug's going away. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. I don't think so. I don't think it ever does. 
Because when I'm on the ground, I'm thinking about being in the air. And when I'm in the air, I'm thinking about when when can I do this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's absolutely right. Oh, that's that's it. When's my next lesson? And which kind of brings us to the point of you say, when's my next lesson? You know, something that that I found challenging and find challenging with learning to fly, not necessarily in the glider or in the powered if you're flying powered, but it's taking the time to learn on the ground, getting into the ground's cool stuff, getting into the books. Because I'll be honest, I'm not a book person. I don't like to study. I hate to study. <laughs> but, you know, at being out of school and not studying for a while, and then when I had to get back into it, it was tough. It was tough for me. And, and I studied a little bit uh, in the beginning before I soloed. But to be honest, once I soloed, I didn't. I just kind of got away from the books because I was having so much fun flying. So just a warning from me and my experience: you gotta stay with. You gotta stay in the books. You gotta. You gotta keep studying as you're learning to fly because not only is it very important, but it's gonna make you understand why you need to do the things you need to do in the air and to do the right thing and be safe. It's just gonna help you out in the long run and. It's just going to make it an easier journey. I agree. I agree totally with you. Um, And that is the hard part. It's the studying because it's a lot of reading. There's a lot of information and you're you're taking it in all at once. So I like to break my studying in into into parts. So, for example, I'll read 15 to 20 minutes a day and get, you know, I do my own ground school. The instructor that I have for my private certification, uh, he, he and I just fly together. He doesn't do ground school because he's an independent. So I have to do it on my own. And like you said, you have to kind of discipline yourself. It is like going back to school. And and um, it's hard. It's not easy. Everyone thinks, oh, you're doing this for that reason or this for that reason. No, I'm doing it because I love it. And studying is a key essential component to being a good pilot you know you're right you get up there and sometimes things happen instantaneously and you need to know what to do you can't panic for one (laughs) but you'll you know you'll think oh yeah that's right I read about this and it and it just it comes naturally after a while but yeah I agree I think the more you study the the better pilot you become and um, it's it's a good thing well I mean when it comes down to it you know we all are there because we want to fly and we want to be in the air. So sometimes it's hard to remember, hey, yes, I'm having fun and this is cool, but it's hard to remember, hey, if I don't study and keep this up, not not only am I not going to be as safe as a pilot, but I'm not going to be ready for those tests so I can actually get my rating and take a friend up and fly and go further away from the airport and really broaden your horizons. You're not going to be able to do that until you get all that stuff done. So it's tough, but it's very important and it just, just has to be done. I do not have my actual rating yet. I cannot take passengers. I even have my written out of the way. So that's something that was, that's something that's on me and it was my fault because I got so relaxed flying solo and having so much fun. I kind of pushed the check ride back. You know, it's something that you really don't want to do. You want to stay with it and do it. So that is my next big step forward that I need to get that check ride out of the way and be done with it. But 
like I said, it's easy to get lazy and once you soloed and you're having fun, but it's really important to get that done. So that's something I've had to teach myself. Yes, yeah, sometimes. Well, you fly with the club as well, don't you? I do. And that's also the other challenge because it's not a commercial operation. Like you said, you're, it's kind of up to you to do the ground school stuff. So if you're not self-disciplined, that ground school stuff probably isn't going to get done. And I mean, the guys, they're always there to answer your questions and they're very helpful. They're even helpful as to tell you what books to get to study. But really, when it comes down to it, when you're in a club and not a commercial operation, everyone is volunteering their time. And it wouldn't be fair to ask someone to, hey, do some ground school with me, you know, and and but they have some of them have have given their time and they have helped me out with some ground school stuff. But it depends on what you want. You know, I mean, if you're willing to do the club thing and save a fair amount more money and not get into the commercial stuff, it may take you longer. But it's that self-discipline, I guess, is really what I'm trying to focus on, because. That's what I found out. You really need to discipline yourself. You really need to stay in the books. You need to make sure that you do it and not depend on anyone else, even though there's people there to help you. If you have questions, they're glad to answer your questions. But, yeah, when it really comes down to it, you need to get it done. And if you're not able to do that, maybe you are the type of person that needs to go to a commercial club where they help you through the ground school. They, you know, help you through the flying stuff. They're there because that's what they get paid to do. It's a commercial club. And you go in, you get it done in a couple of weeks, and it's over with. But it just depends on what you want to do. But, yeah, it is, it's just very important if you're in that private club setting. You need to discipline yourself and get it done. And I've learned that. So, Well, I think that's with any setting is really even um, commercial setting you have to study but you're right, you would get it done in half the time if you did go to a commercial outfit, but I can't afford that. I'm a school teacher, so I just do my best. Right. I, you know? <laughs> so it's exactly. Like, yeah, and I lift drive to make extra money to, to fly to offset the cost. But you're right, it's easy to just say, oh, you know, I think I... I think I'm not going to study because I'm not really flying for two weeks and you know, but you you really have to. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You do. Ha- it's it's important. Got to keep your nose in the book. And it's yeah, for sure. And as far as the commercial clubs, maybe I need to rephrase that. Yes, you still do need to study, like you're saying. I guess because it's more of a curriculum. I mean, they they pretty much make sure you're doing your ground school. They give you assignments on the computer to go home and take. And it kind of goes along with your training from the commercial clubs I've seen. So it just kind of forces you to study more where the private clubs, you can get relaxed because you don't have to. Nobody's sitting there saying, hey, you need to have this done next week and tell me what the answer is to this question when I see you next time to fly. That's not being done because it's it's a private club and it just works differently right yeah exactly no for sure i thought maybe i should just you know (laughs) put all my money in a piggy bank and and just go in there one day and hand it over and say okay i'm ready let's get this done and yeah they can get it done and whip it out in a a shorter amount of time but yeah i don't i'm just and i have considered that i'm just not there yet i might be in the future but i'm not there yet i haven't made that decision yet and there is no rush, and there's people out there that um, are student pilots for a while, like myself, 
and they're fine with that and they're fine with jumping into the glider and going on a solo flight and of course not being able to take anyone with them but still being able to enjoy flying and continue to do that for however long they want to do that but i guess i'm just kind of at that point now where i feel like i really need to get this done i've been flying long enough and soloing long enough and have enough flights in my logbook that it's just time to take that next step but yeah that is nice about the private clubs you you can definitely go at your own pace no one's pushing you no one's rushing you you can fly however you want to fly that's the nice thing about it well, the cool thing about achieving one of a milestone such as that, like getting your check ride done, for some reason, like I'll, I'll use my undergraduate degree, for example, that took me 10 years to get that dang degree. But as soon as I got it, man, bam, I got my master's two years later, bam, I went and started gliding. Now I'm doing private pilot certification. And it's like, for some reason, that milestone, achieving that milestone catapulted me into all these directions that I had no idea that I was going to go. But, and I, I feel in my heart of hearts that once you do that, once you get your check right done, that's going to happen to you too. And then who knows what's going to happen after that. I'm excited to hear <laughs> how it goes for you. I, I am excited to, as well <laughs> to do it. Um, of course, in the back of your mind, you're like, what if? You know, what if it doesn't go so well? But that's the nice thing about flying that, you know, you can always go back and restudy and do what you need to do to to finish your goal in the long run. But it has been a very fun and exciting journey so far to where I am now. I wouldn't necessarily take anything away from it. Maybe I would do some of the things and not, not maybe take so long to do them. But the journey has still been awesome and still been exciting. And I've done so much flying, so that's definitely something that, you know, I've I've enjoyed every single one of those flights. So it's it's been good, but I'm looking forward to that next step for sure, as well as I will be uh, checking in with you to see how your journey is going in the powered and the gliders. So I know you haven't been per se flying, you know, a, a, a real long time, but do you have a flight that sticks out in your mind? That is a very good question. Let's see. What is my most memorable? Um, I'd have to say going up with a friend of mine. His name's Marco Brizzarelli. Uh, he's a he's a professor here at the University of New Mexico, but he's also a glider pilot, and he does not want to step foot into a private plane. He he says. <laughs> There's no use for private planes. He's, you know, I'm trying to do his little accent, but there's no use for them. Um, so he took me up and I wasn't in the front. I was in the back, but he let me fly because he does have his rating. And there was a storm outside and it was raining over off into the distance and it was lightning and there were other gliders up there. And literally, I felt like we were, you know how birds fly in formation? I felt like we were one of the birds up flying in formation with all the other gliders. It was really incredible. And the other incredible thing is that I knew the other pilots up there. Like It was like we were flying together and we were doing something in unison as a group, as a team, even though we were in separate gliders. It just felt really incredible. The scenery was beautiful. Everything about it was just perfect. So that was one of my more favorite 
favorite times. And I felt a little less pressure because I wasn't with my instructor. You know, I was just with a friend and we were up there having a good time. So you're right. As soon as I get past this solo, which you and I talked about, and I appreciate that, what you said about getting past the fear, because there is a little bit of fear there. But um, yeah, I think once I get past that and I can get my rating as well, then I can go do that and have fun with my friends up there and have a completely different experience. Yeah, you know, and and your solo, yes, you're going to have a little bit of anxiety and maybe a little bit of healthy, uh, I don't know if I want to say fear, but the amazing thing about it, it's once you leave the ground and it kind of hits you, I think you get so pumped and excited the fear kind of melts away and you're like, Oh, how cool. This is so cool. <laughs> and you're just going to love it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an amazing experience. I can't wait. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be awesome. Hopefully it happens before the end of summer, but you know, those instructors never tell you. They just surprise you all of a sudden one day, 300 foot rope break. And the next thing you know, you're soloing that day. So we'll see. It'll happen. I'm yeah. Sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they usually spring it on you when you're not expecting it. I, I w- was talking about my solo with my instructor, and you know we were just talking about it. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm doing okay so far. You know, I, I feel like I'm ready for it, but you know, it, I thought I was ready, but we were just having that conversation, and I guess it was maybe a half hour later we landed, and he got out and. And I said, well, I guess we're done for the day. He said, well, I'm done for the day. But he says, "Um, are you done? And I said, no. And he said, all right, then I guess you can go up. I said, "Uh, I'm going up. He said, yeah. Are you ready for your solo? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But then to be honest, then to be honest, I I had to get out and go get it. bottle of water and set at the picnic table and just kind of get calmed down because it just hit me oh oh no <laughs> i'm going up now like it's my solo by myself it's, it's happening right now so once i calmed down a little bit i went back over to the glider and then of course yeah i left the ground and it was like i said earlier and i had some anxiety a little bit of fear you know i'm 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 focusing on the tow plane. I'm going behind him. I'm following the tow up. And then once I hit, you know, the 200 feet to holler out 200 feet for in case there's a rope break, turn around, go back to the airport. Then once I got past that, I started kind of looking around and I said, oh, wow, he's he's not sitting back there. This is it. I'm by myself. And then it just the, the realization kicks in and you just get a big smile on your face and you're like, OK, I know what to do. It's just like if he was sitting back there, I know I know what to do. I know how to land. I'm good to go. And then it was just awesome after that. But, yeah, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that story. And I'm glad you told me that because, yeah, there's a little bit of nervousness there. But you're right. Just think of it as, yeah, like like they're sitting back there. But I've got this. I know I've got this. It just, you know, it'll it'll happen. And, you know, you think you're going to forget something, but it honestly just starts clicking and you're like, yep, okay, then I do this. Okay, then I do this. Then I do my landing checklist. And next thing you know, you're landing, you're like, I just soloed an aircraft by myself. Yeah. 
Well, that's the thing I'm wondering is, do I want to solo the 233, the plane that I've been, you know, training in the whole time? Or do I want to go and fly with another operation, a commercial operation, and fly a different ship? I don't know yet. That's the one thing that I'm kind of debating at 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 this moment right now. But we'll see. It'd be kind of cool to to solo that. I'm partial to the 233 because that's what I soloed in. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I feel like it. I feel like that 233 is a relative of mine, like a cousin or a brother. Or, you know, it's got this energy. So every time I go, I say hello. I go talk to it, say hello. I'm like, hey, how you been? You look tired. We should give you a bath. <laughs> it's nice to go wash him down. I don't know. That sounds silly, but he was named the ours was named after um, Al Santilli. So it's called the Spirit of Santilli. So he was one of the older uh, members there of the Soaring Club. So that's kind of cool. And I, and I love the history behind aviation. So flying that glider to me would be just a real honor to solo in that. That's something that, yeah. So it's probably better to just hang in there and wait for the weather to clear and the instructors to be available and you know, not try to rush things, but just to go through the motions because it'll happen, you know? It will. You just kind of have to enjoy the ride. And when it, when it happens, like you said, it'll happen and it'll be great. But in the meantime, yeah, just enjoy the flying. I did actually finally get to fly uh, last weekend, three flights actually, which was amazing because i hadn't been up for quite a while because of the weather just hasn't cooperated so yeah it was great to be back up in the air and uh it's it's amazing how everything just starts clicking in again even though it was it had been a while i of course i went up and did a did a flight review with an instructor to make i hadn't forgotten how to do it and that went well everything was fine but yeah it it was good to be back up and back in the air and even the times that we're not in the air for a while we're thinking about that next that next flight and it's it's always nice to be back up there again yeah i'm glad i'm glad you got to go soaring that's awesome what was the longest that you were able to stay up do you remember i think it was about 40 minutes because i did find some thermals but just real light ones above the railroad yard there and i think you know i disconnected it 2,000 feet, and I only went up to 2,200, maybe a little higher, but not much more than that. It's just kind of a really weak thermal, and not only was it weak, but they were small thermals that day, so you really had to keep your circling tight, or you weren't going to stay in it. You know, you'd go out of it quite easily. But it was still nice, even though it was a couple hundred feet, and still able to get some air time, and yeah, it's just good to be back up in the air again. Yeah. I agree. I can't wait till I get back up. Next Saturday is actually, so next week I have two private lessons and then my glider lesson on Saturday. So that should be fun. It's going to be a busy week next week. So, and I told my instructor, I said, okay, you got to give me some homework. (laughs) You know what he tells me? He whips out the book. He's like, read it. (laughs) Like, the whole damn book? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, read it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. He's hilarious. Yeah. So he pointed out the main chapters. He's like, well, just. It's funny you say that. Yeah. yeah. 
he's hilarious. I like him a lot. My instructor has done the same thing a couple times. I said, hey, do you have any suggestions on studying? He's like, read it. I'm like, what? He's like, read it. It's there. You have it. Read it. <laughs> so it's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, just like you're talking about, you just got to study. I think the hardest part is just the self-discipline because I'm, I just want to get up there and fly. Yeah, but you're right. The, uh, the studying is so important. What advice would you have for someone that is thinking about getting into soaring and thinking about flying? What would you say to them? I would just say to go take an introductory flight and check it out and see if it's something that you want to do. I I think I think someone will know if if that's something that they want to spend a lifetime doing once they're up in the air. But definitely go. Thinking about it is not I mean, to me, just make the decision and do it. I think once someone does that, they're going to get that bug and they're going to want to fly all the time because that's, that's what happens. I think you're right. So they'll either love it or they, or they won't love it so much. And, and it's OK, but at least they'll know. Well, OK, I went up there and I tried it. Yeah, you tried it. What do you think? Loved it like you and I loved it. Can't, I can't live without it. Or, you know, it's not something I, I think I want to do, but I'm glad that I got up there to, to do it. Wendy, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your journey. And as your journey continues, I want to check in with you and see how it's going. And I will continue my journey. And yeah, it's, it's nice you, to have you here on the podcast and discuss some of these important things about aviation and learning to fly. Well, thank you. It's been nice uh, being on the podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of Soaring the Sky. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you for your positive feedback and your emails you've been sending. It just encourages me to keep going and keep doing this. If you're a student pilot or you're someone that wants to learn how to fly, maybe learn how to fly sailplanes, don't forget a great place to go, ssa.org. And while you're online, you can check out our site at SoaringTheSky.com. As well, you can drop us an email if you haven't done that. You're a pilot and you want to share your story, some of your experiences you've had in the air. You can do that at Chuck at SoaringTheSky.com. And while you're online, Instagram, we are there. You can find us at SoaringTheSkyPodcast. Facebook as well, SoaringTheSkyPodcast. We hope you join us next time for another episode and another great guest right here on Soaring the Sky.